0: in the last episode we talked about how to create a architecture roadmap what we're really trying to do was set up the goals for the organization for the next year i would like to continue talking about that a little bit there are so many topics that can be covered as a part of this overall high-level topic one of the things that i've always found interesting is project success and it's possible that I might have covered this already as a part of one of my previous episodes but it's been more than 65 episodes so it's a little difficult to remember what I've covered and what I've not. But I think a refresher would be a good idea. So definition of project success. It's a good thing to cover when I'm talking about goals and objectives and architecture roadmap because project success is what we are really aiming for. If you have the project success in mind Then setting up the goals becomes easy because when we are setting up our architecture roadmap and when we are setting up our goals, what we are really aiming for is success. So what is the definition of project success? The standard definition that you find when you ask somebody what project success is, is on time and under budget. This is a very convenient way of defining project success and also the most popular. But is it really a good one? Now, about 12 years ago, I read this book called The Art of Agile Software Development by James Shore. And in his book, he's defined project success quite well, actually. So he draws a Venn diagram. The first circle of the Venn diagram is business success. Now, you may have delivered the project on time and under budget, but But the project might not have delivered business success. Uh, There could be a number of reasons. One could be uh, a lack of understanding of what they really wanted. So they gave you the requirements well, and then, but you did not understand the requirements well, but you delivered the project, the project was on time, the project was as per the documentation of requirements, the project project was under budget as well. But this is not what they really wanted the other reason could be that they did tell you the requirements uh, and you and there was a clear understanding of the requirements as well but the requirements changed the business landscape changed the competition changed the products changed you know technology has changed and 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 they wanted something new they want something new now uh, and not exactly what they said they would when they gave you the requirements so while you may have delivered the project on time and under budget it may not lead to business success so True project success is when the project leads to business success. The second circle in the Venn diagram is technical success. Let's say that you delivered everything on time and under budget and it also led to business success. But let's say that tomorrow something changes and they would like the product that you've delivered to change. Now the project may have been delivered on time and under budget, but it is brittle. It is not uh, scalable. It is not agile. It is not modular. It is not flexible. It is not adaptable. There are performance issues. There are availability-related issues. So, so quality aspect of the product that you're developing is also a very important part uh, of project success. So, it's not just on time and under budget, but it's also on time under budget with business success and with quality. The third circle that. James Shore draws in the Venn diagram of project success is personal success. Now, this is not taken very seriously in the industry. I've been in the industry for 23 years now, and this is one thing that I see missing. Personal success means did the team that delivered the project did the, or, or built the product, whether it's an enterprise architecture project or a software development project is immaterial. Was the team happy? Were they able to maintain work-life balance? Uh, were they better people when they came out of the project? Did the project make them better people? Or did they learn something out of the project? Did they become better at whatever it is that they were doing? So when you combine all these three circles, the center portion of these circles where all the three circles overlap is true project success. And what James Short was trying to say is agile software development helps us deliver a successful project through business success success technical success and personal success and this has been the guiding light for me when i aim for project success now there are a couple of other things uh, that that help us in getting there agile is one of them being agile being following the core principles of agile which is which is excellent but there's also something called okrs okrs are objectives key result areas If you look at the principles of OKR, they are very similar to Agile. If you look at, let's say, estimates within Agile, many, many years ago, we used to have very detailed estimates. When I started my career, there was a concept of use case based analysis and function point analysis and what have you. And the idea was to try to get as detailed in the in the estimates as possible, right, as granular in the estimates as possible. So function point analysis, for example, has 16 Parameters based on which you do the function point analysis and, and, and use case point analysis is also similar where you try to understand each and every use case to the, to the most detailed level possible and do the estimates in such a way that we get to the last dollar of estimates or the last minute or last hour of estimates. If you, if you're calculating estimates in time. But then over a period of time, people have come to realize that it's impossible really to, to, to get to the last level of detail simply because the requirements are constantly changing and and even if you do an estimate up front, no matter how detailed you are, the requirements are going to change, which means the estimates are going to change. So what Agile does is it does estimates based on rough order of magnitude essentially, t-shirt sizing as they call it. Uh, So in general, they don't try to get to exactly how many minutes and hours it's going to take to build a certain capability or a feature or, or a user story, so to speak, but they try to at a high level understand is this a high or a medium is it a medium or a low and they do a comparative analysis along among all the uh, user stories so if this is a high and if this is slightly smaller than the high then it has to be a medium if this is a medium then if it's slightly small slightly smaller than the medium then it's a small right if this is a large and if it's slightly bigger than the large then it's extra large or we reduce the large to a medium and and make this large, and so on, and so forth. So, so it's a very rough order of magnitude of estimates. And the idea is that you know we should generally have an idea about how much it's going to cost us. Uh, and then, you know, as the project progresses, there are going to be changes in it, and 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 we manage the changes as we come along. There's this beautiful quote by Eisenhower. He said that in war, plans are futile, but planning is quintessential. What he meant was. No matter how detailed a plan you have, they are going to fail. But the exercise of planning is very, very important, and and that applies everywhere, and that applies on OKRs as well. You know the OKR technique of uh, of setting up your goals is uh, is such that you know you have objectives, which essentially gives you a general idea of what you're going to be doing, the direction in which you're going to be going, which is the objectives, and then you have K, which is key result area. So that's traction. You know we track how we are making progress and 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 we don't get into too much detail of exactly where we are going and when and all of that we just maintain a constant monitoring on the progress that we are making and whether we are making it in the right direction or not and then there is action which is projects uh, which is also part of uh, OKRs so depending upon what our objectives are and whether we are making progress properly or not and whether we are making uh, whether we are going in the right direction or not, we build our projects accordingly. We set up our actions accordingly. And that's the problem that I have with smart goals. I used to do smart goals earlier, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-bound. Uh, not just at work, but also in my personal life. You know, I every year around December, January, I set up my personal goals about how many books I'm going to be reading or which books I'm going to be reading and You know, I used to do it in a very smart way earlier. I used to be very specific about what I want to do and when I want to do it and how I want to do it and so on. And then over a period of time, I've come to realize that I end up not meeting most of my goals. Primarily because during the year, the goals change. You know, the priorities change. You know, I need to focus on other things and then I have to shift my priorities accordingly. And my guitar playing is one of the 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 victims of my deprioritization year after year after year. So every year I think I'm going to start playing the guitars and I get to the detail level of which song I'm going to be playing on what in what month and what week and so on and I, I've tried to do that many times but I end up deprioritizing my guitar playing over other activities that I need to do. And so I feel that being specific, being measurable, being time-bound, well, being specific and measurable is not a very good idea. Achievable is sort of not very ambitious for me. You know, having a goal that is achievable is uh, sort of being being conservative about what you can do. I feel that you should be ambitious. You know, it doesn't matter whether it is achievable or not. I'm not saying that you have a goal to shoot for the moon or whatever. Be an astronaut if you're not. Uh, that's not a good idea. But you know, don't think about achievability too much. Uh, Like for example, my financial goals. I've not been able to meet my financial goals for the last three, four years about how much money I'm going to be investing year on year. And that's okay. It's not important whether you're meeting the goals or not. What's really important is you're aiming for something that is not defined by the achievable, right? It's defined by what you want to do. And then even if you, I mean, like they say, if you aim for the stars, you'll definitely not come up with a fistful of dust. So the idea is that aim high, Try to get as much done as possible and you'll be able to do more than what you would have been able to if you would have kept achievable as one of the criteria in your goals. Same thing goes for realistic. So I have my problems with uh, smart goals. And one of the things that I've come to realize is as I grow older, you know, when I was very young in my college and school days, my mother used to say, wake up, wake up early, study. You'll need to, you have exams coming or what have you. Today, if you form the habit of waking up early, it'll help you the rest of your life, so on and so forth. Today, my mother tells me, sleep a little. You know, why are you waking up so early? Relax, take it easy. You've done enough, you know, <laughs> rest a little. So as you grow older and as you grow a little bit more disciplined, it's the not being too specific about what you want and what you need to do. That becomes a challenge. Relaxing becomes a challenge. Going for a vacation or, or taking it easy in itself becomes a challenge. So, you know, what I try to do now is I have what I call big, bold objectives. You know, I have the general wide uh, direction that I set, which is, by the way, what uh, OKRs really are. You know, you need to know the direction that you're going and things at a high level that you would like to do. And then when it comes to the specificity or the measurability or the, the realisticness of it and all that, being the disciplined person that you are at this age, or being the meticulous, the, the meticulous habits that we've formed over the years, you'll figure that out. You'll figure out the the lower level details. If you have to change direction at a tactical level, you will. And you should allow yourself the flexibility because it's not very fair and it's not very practical to uh, be very, very specific about your goals for the whole year, right? Right. It's a good idea to have a big, bold objective. I'm not saying that you should not have goals at all. You should have goals and you should have, uh, you should give yourself wide liberties to change directions as long as the overall direction remains the same. So that's goals and objectives and the year is coming to an end and we're going to start calculating what we did this year, what were our original goals and how much we achieved and, you know, feel happy about it and start working on what's left and, uh, You know start setting up goals it's a good time i think i give myself about 15 days or so to look at what we've done what i've done this year and um, and then start preparing for the goals for the next year whether it's my personal life or whether it's um, at work i'm going to have a workshop very soon where i'm going to look at the pipelines that i have the amount of work that's coming there's a large program that we've started where we are migrating large number of applications onto the public cloud and that's going to be a very very interesting program it's a multi-year program actually where we are looking at various aspects of uh, why we are doing this and exactly what we'll be doing and this is also going to be a big bold objective simply because we, at this point in time we are not 100 sure what goes what stays etc there's a certain amount of information that we already had and we're going to use that to come up with broad broad perspectives of what's going to be in our pipeline but But that's about it. And then, you know, I don't want to get too detailed with our objectives. I would rather go with the big, bold objectives and then tactically take a decision on what direction we are going to be taking as the challenges and the obstacles come along and the deprioritization and the reprioritization happens. So that's all I have for you today, folks. I did ask you a question last time and that I ask you this time as well. How do you set up your goals? How do you set up your personal goals? How do you set up your organizational goals, your Team goals, etc. Let me know. There's a beautiful tool that I have, which I will talk about next time. That helps me build a mind map, and it's a beautiful tool because it it's not a standard mind map that becomes wide and you know big and big. It's a bubble-based uh, mind map. It's a very, very interesting tool on iPhone and Android. It's only on the phone, as far as I know. It's not a website or anything, and and it's quite handy. It gives me a rag status and you know, how I'm doing on my goals and objectives. And I use that very much for my personal goals at least when I set up my goals every year. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoy the show. More about organizational agility, innovation and enterprise architecture in the practical world in the business right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Now the URL to join the group is https colon slash t.me slash enterprise architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, we are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere, Twitter, linkedin facebook instagram youtube even discord once again i hope you had fun and i'll see you in the next one